All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me today, a very special guest from a previous show, no stranger to the show, definitely, uh, is none other than, uh, well, most of us know him best as Fortingard, but uh, none other than Yuri. How you doing today, man? Well, uh, because of January, I've basically been uh, in my dark, dark chamber since Christmas because... There's nothing else to do. I hear you. Because it's cold outside, and I don't want to do anything out there. <laughs> Absolutely. I, uh, I, I, I've, even I, though this is, like, the first time on the podcast since November, I've been heckling, like, every show since Christmas. Oh, really? Like, well, I mean, you're definitely heckling. here in presence, but I wouldn't say you're always heckling. You're just opinionated. Well, yeah, but I, I especially write, like, comments that I know that no one can keep a straight face while <laughs> reading their big monologue things. That I can and, vouch for. <laughs> yeah, not only you, 4201, Shieldcast, they all know it. But the Chip Shelley who said, like, watch out for that guy. <laughs> well... Chip doesn't like anyone who doesn't agree with him, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like one of those old salty crab types. <laughs> he is opinionated. Oh, I'll give him that. But yeah. um, but we did have you on today for, uh, now admittedly this is going to be a little bit of a shorter show um, for a couple reasons. I, I don't have um, enough server costs because I've got to do five shows in a month. Uh, so the last show was a little shorter and this one may be as well. Um, but also because you had a really cool topic, and um, I, I think it should be spoken for because it's kind of a lost art, as we were discussing before the show, which is none other than the boss battle. Well, Japan still keeps it alive. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it that. And, um, you know, we're going to talk today basically about, you know, kind of – there's not much to – respond to but kind of the origins of the boss battle you know how they define themselves early on um maybe a little subdivision we'll we'll have some discussions about what comp composes of a boss battle and then we'll spend most of our time talking about our favorite boss battles and then uh we definitely want to touch off in the end getting a little more modern with it and talking about how the boss battles really kind of uh faded out nowadays although like you said it is definitely alive and well in in almost any japanese game um but uh but Still, um, doesn't it, oh, you're covering boss battles. Does it include mini bosses? Yes, it does. We will we will discuss the concept of the mini boss because technically speaking, I think that's just subdividing. You know, I mean, it, it because of how the boss was originally created, and we'll talk about this. Is it's kind of a gate to the next level, and so the mini boss was a way to create a boss that you have to take out. That's well, not a for gate me, the, the definition of a mini boss is say, something like you know. A bobo or whatever, where you fight him once as like a, like a, and he's like a big encounter, but then in the late game those become standard practice. Very good point. Yeah, actually, I think that is a perfect definition of the mini boss. Um, Although they don't really have to be, or it's just weaker than what you would expect from a boss. But yeah. usually it's just reusing the asset later on. Yeah, but that's, it's that's also like okay, it can also be like a pretty neat like method of like showing the power scaling. Like, remember this guy got made you pull your hair out. Now it's like, yeah, get in the shot, get in the shot, <laughs> yeah. damn bitch. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, they, they work in several uh, iterations. Obviously, there are games. Um, shmups are the first ones that come to mind. Uh, shoot the that, core, shoot the core, shoot the core. Yes, uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, we're kind of retracing they the history right the now. But, all uh, your base are something. Oh, yeah, are you, all your base, base are belong to base. us. Good old fucking Zero Wing. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, like like the mini boss does exist in shmups and various other games, and and do not, you know, become regular characters. I think God of War does that still. Uh, I remember like something like uh, say Mega Man, some of the Mega Man games they like have like the big like tough dude, but in that game like usually the bosses are like the robot masters. Mhm. So 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 yeah, I think like Mega Man X. I don't think, like, from the first stage, like, there's the big bee tank flying thing. I don't think you re-encounter it. No, I thought there was a mini-boss in Mega Man 2 or 3 somewhere, but again, the fact that I'm that vague on on a game I've played a lot means it couldn't have been that memorable, nor was it really implemented into the game design. But, uh... Um, but yeah, before we get into the the mini boss, uh, let's uh, let's let's step real quick into some of the history of um, of gaming um, and uh, kind of where the boss battle comes from. So, uh, as I was talking to, to Yuri about, it should uh, it should come as no surprise that uh, the origins of the boss battle pretty much uh, find themselves in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, aside from the fact that, from what I could tell. Um, one of the earliest and probably the earliest examples of a boss battle um, came from uh, D&D on the Plato system in 75. The Plato system was a uh, kind of a school computer system. We've talked about it um, before, and um, it was uh, it was obviously an implementation of Dungeons and Dragons um, that would have a golden dragon at the bottom protecting um, uh, the uh, orb you were say... supposed to get. So, uh, like, a more, like, direct example would be uh, Akalabeth, or Ultimate oh, yeah. Zero, as some people call it. That game is constructed almost entirely out of you, just crazy, crazy Lord British forces you to fight, like, ten monsters to become a knight, and one of them is a goddamn Balrog, and it's like, <laughs> wow, are you, are you, is, is like, is like, this, like, Sparta, like, do you have to, like, go for the Lake of Fire or some shit to become a knight in your country, Lord British? Apparently not, because it's not that good of a game. Well, and, you know, nowadays uh, <laughs> it would be crazier where they'd have, like, a difficulty setting where you fight, like, all ten characters as the Balrog and, like, one-hit kills and stuff. I mean, uh, you know, I think it, it's interesting how they've kind of gone off the deep end. But, but yeah, I mean, Akalabeth... Uh, Black Onyx is another one that comes to mind. Now that was only that was also D and D based, and only in um, I think it was only on computers in Japan actually, but it might have been it might have eventually come to America or Europe. D and D's claws can be sensed in the JRPGs also. Like oh, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that Final Fantasy One, all of the character classes are based off of D and D classes. You've got it. They're D- all in the Monstrous Manual. Uh, yes, except they're like renamed. For instance, what the Red Mage is, I think that is supposed to be the equivalent of a bard. So because a D and D bard could do everything. Yeah, and actually, as the Japanese ones go on that we didn't see here, Final Fantasies two and three, um, they actually define the bard and, and things like that. They, they go into more subcategories, which are even more indicative 
of, you know, I believe the third rule set of D&D. But, uh, but in either regard, you're, you're correct. I mean, the roots of, of most things uh, in, in the Japanese RPG world uh, and, and a lot of the... I don't, I don't think I don't think it's third. I think it's advanced, which is the second thing. Oh, okay, yeah, advanced was the second one, and then there was the third edition. So maybe, yeah, maybe I'm getting third my dates. Third was 90s. Yeah, I, and I, again, I got in when the third had just come out, so that's probably my bias. Um, but what I can say... Well, I'm younger than you, but... Oh, well, yeah, but I mean, that's why when I got in, you know, you, you, you say you want to do D&D, but then you got to buy all your manuals and kind of study up and stuff, and everything was like the new third edition stuff, but... Um, yeah, I can... If you want to be a cheapskate, you can just get some PDFs. Mm. Nowadays, it was a little harder back then, but uh, it was a bunch of Xeroxing. <sighs> I mean, it wasn't very different. You just took a couple bucks and went to the library. But at the same time, current D&D is mostly poop. Well, there you like, go. I they, haven't touched it. They, they, they got rid of all of the interesting settings. Like, there's no Planescape. There's no Ravenloft. Oh, Ravenloft was my favorite setting. Uh, Ravenloft was Castlevania. Yeah, pretty much, no. yeah. <laughs> and you have, like, four Dracula, and he's, like, sitting in the castle, he's all, like, crying and shit. Well, and actually, <laughs> now that you bring that up, um, I, and I think that's why those roots are so well-versed, because in D&D, in most campaigns, there would be not necessarily a boss character, but, like, an ending character who would, uh, who would in one in one way or another, um, you know, either guard an important item you need, or could be a gatekeeper, uh, much like we see in traditional yeah. video game boss battles. Yeah, but at the same time, like, they don't have, there's, like, uh, the separation between D&D and, say, say, a video game is that, that, like, all the bosses also confirm to, like, the same exact parameters as a normal enemy. They're, they're just juiced up way more. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Now, um, now you were saying that's the differentiator from video games to, um, well, to also the combat in itself because it, it sort of depends on the imagination and the and how good the dungeon master is at moderating it. But say D and D could actually confirm to like real physics to a extent that um, a video game cannot. Yeah, correct. Like 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 you like you can still like have. Uh, a wizard just straight up like clobber someone with his dumb gnarled little staff thing. Just <laughs> <laughs> I could kill someone. Yeah, that's another good point. Yeah, I mean D and D obviously got to take it to a much more open world because of well, those because factors you're talking about. Technology like, alone, um, but yeah. But um, I, and and so uh, I'd say the first actual gaming. Ver, you know, version of what we think of as a boss battle, I would probably say um, stems from the shmup category, um, the shoot 'em up. Uh, it, it makes sense, you know. You're you're just shooting Ace stuff. Invaders, the thing that flies by sometimes. Yeah, you're you're it's scrolling. You're scrolling. Um, shmups were the earliest, one of the earliest genres, so it makes sense in that regard. Plus, you're scrolling stuff, and they're just looking for a new way to attack stuff. Now, I've heard various arguments that like Space Invaders had a boss i disagree with that i don't think that there was anything that specifically um prevented you from moving on in either a level or a campaign or even a final battle which is really where these early bosses come from nor do i feel that anything's raised in hit points or scope so it really kind of doesn't count um but probably one of the earliest being phoenix 
Have you ever played this in the arcades? God, no. Okay. Well, Phoenix was an early shmup, kind of in the world of uh, Galaxian or Galaga. And um, at the end of the fifth level, you would fight the mothership, and she would kind of be your uh, uh, your final boss. And when you'd beat it, the game would rotate again around into uh, into the next version. The version of the indie was the best, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I agree as well. Um but uh, uh, so Phoenix is where it started, but it didn't stop there. You know, I mean, for the most part, your boss battles in the 80s um, would predominantly come from shmups. Now, I think like there's certain like Atari games such as like Yar's Revenge, where Yar is definitely this this picture of like a, a boss, so to speak. But he's only bigger in size. He's not really much to uh, to fight with. Um, I'm going to disappoint you. OK. Most I know about Yar's Revenge comes from the remake. I'm sorry to hear that because Yar's Revenge isn't that great, and the I just saw the quick look and I was like, "What the fuck is this thing?" <laughs> it's, it's uh, I, I've heard, I've not played the remake because people told me so much to stay away from it. Um, I don't, I just, I just remember it being baffling. But the very idea of remaking a Atari game is baffling. Yeah, I, I, I remember like Jeff Gersman basically just like Pong. The reason why Atari can't really make money with all their legacy shit is because Pong is barely a game, and it shouldn't exist as a game. It should exist as a uh, cultural touchstone. Like, Pong should be more like stickers or some bullshit instead <laughs> of an actual game. I, like I, you, yeah. you, can, you can you can sort of roid up like Space Invaders or Galaga, but still, it's not really that worth that much to go in there. Maybe for iOS, but not well, for an actual. Well, let's thing. face it. When Rockstar, um, you know, uh, when Rockstar, uh, you know, made table tennis. I mean, there you go. Right? You never take on Rockstar on their own properties. So. <laughs> That's it. They made the definitive waiting, pong. <laughs> I was waiting where you were going with this. It's like, no, oh, that's the punchline. <laughs> well, and you remember you said shoot the core. And uh, I believe that comes from Gradius. Am I correct? Gradius or R-Type? I don't actually know. Oh, you know what? Actually, now that you say that, damn it, it might be R-Type. Um, but it might be Gradius. I don't know. For a shmup guy, they're all blending together. But I know if you read both my articles on GH101, senseless plug, haha, um, I know that I mention whichever one it is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, shmups definitely had the earliest examples of boss battles, right? Because as you said, it's, it's very easy to, um, let them take up more real estate on the screen and therefore change their size or scope. And then and give them meaner guns. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but tank more. but I will say, like, if you've played a lot of them, especially the early ones, you know, Gradius, Life Force, Galaga, R-Type, or not Galaga, sorry, um, R-Type, things like that. Those early shmups had some really cool ones. I mean, the the first boss in R-Type will be etched in my brain for life because it was this weird alien thing that kind of looked like the Xenomorph from the Alien series, but not quite. You know, um, scree, enter, bitches, and whack my dink. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing. No, but I, mean, uh, I when I think of NES and boss battles, I actually think more 
of, uh, say, Mega Man or Castlevania. Yes, and we will get to those in one sec. I did want to point out one that Tiger actually mentioned, which is one of the earliest versions of a boss battle that is not associated with, like, a shmup or a bullet shooting style game, um, which is Kung Fu Master, uh, which was remade as Kung Fu on the NES, where... Um, that's a pretty. Is that the one where the guy just just walks forward and just kicks, yes. kicks, and then sometimes midgets run in front of him or something? I don't yes, know. you got it. That's the game. Yes, uh, and uh, it was a very interesting game because I think it did a lot of things before its time. Every level, there are five levels in it. You're trying to go after Mister X. I just get that game confused with the uh, Jordan Mechner Karateka or whatever. Mm. You got it, Karateka, or Karateka, Karateka, that is whatever they want to call it. That is a game where they're, where they're like, no, it's not erotica, it's there's nothing erotica. <laughs> <laughs> no, not uh, erotica. It's not dead or alive. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, that game is sort of like a constant boss battle, because every encounter is like its own separate thing, and they can actually kick your ass. Yeah, I would say Karateka, and then later on... Um, not Kung Fu, or or no, I'm thinking Karate Champ. Data East Karate Champ I don't think really counts, but the Apple II Karateka, and then later on um, you would get another example of this with Fighting Street or Street Fighter One. Um, those were easily like boss rush stuff. It was like the earliest version of the Street Fighter game, but they weren't balanced, so I don't count those. Um but with Kung Fu Master, I guess, you know, I mean, that would just be the, you know, I mean, as you would go along, you would fight different enemies on every level, which I thought was kind of cool. They'd switch up the enemy types. Um, but at the end of the day, um, or rather the end of the level, you would have to fight a boss, and each one had different ways of fighting you. The first boss had, like, a baton. The second one had boomerangs. The third one was this huge dude. He was, like, kind of looked like a, a fat Mr. T almost. Uh, he was this big black dude. Uh, Mr. T has fallen upon hard times. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then the last two, one I think could teleport, and then Mr. X was just kind of a combination of all of them, which kind of makes sense. Uh, But the interesting thing about those was, if as you approach the last boss or the the end of the level boss, the guys chasing after you in the level would turn around and walk the other way. So even they didn't want to F with the guy, which I thought was was pretty interesting in that game. I actually really wish that more games would do something like that when you, by the end, are so strong. It's like, no. (laughs) I can never understand why none of these Arkham games, like no one runs away from Batman. It's like, it's Batman. It's Batman. Yeah, exactly. He's even angrier than usual. He's <laughs> in like, in like origin. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, um, uh, it, it's it's true. Like, I, I think, yeah. Again, that game is an early example of intimidation, which is, you know, I don't even know if that was intended, but they obviously turn and walk away in a very clearly uh, planned fashion. Actually, that's the thing that also appears in D and D. Like, um, some of the enemies, like say. Uh, goblins or trolls or whatever mm-hmm. they had like this in some editions they had this thing called this uh, morality rating or something where basically there's like at a certain point when one gets their shit fucked up the, the DM had to like roll the dice to like do like a morality check or like a bravery check or whatever where basically if shit goes south sometimes there's a possibility they're like oh man no and fuck, fucking run away that's awesome um, you actually see that uh, it really has nothing to do with bosses, but you actually see that in Mother, 
uh, or Earthbound Zero, the original Earthbound, they do it, and then they obviously did it in Earthbound. But the first time was Actually, on the Famicom in, uh, in In Quest of the Avatar, there are these little annoying motherfuckers who nod your knees, you kick them, they don't die, and they run the fuck away. But wow. it, gets, it, gets, it gets even better, because uh, because in Quest of the Avatar, you were trying to like, bring up the uh, virtues and shit, and one of them is, like, Valor or something, or basically means it's not heroic to stab a fleeing enemy in the back. <laughs> nice. So they just run in, they kick you in the knees, you slap them, and they run the fuck away. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I think in the original Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior, uh, the slimes do run away after you get big enough. Um but, but yeah, anyway, and the chat's kind of talking about it, but, you know, from Kung Fu Master, we kind of move on to Double Dragon. Now, for the most part, Double Dragon, the arcade game, didn't really have boss battles. But the reason I bring up Double Dragon real quick is the, the, rally, the, the rather unique version of the NES game um, has what you, would, what you were talking about, which was the first version of the mini-boss. In fact... Almost every level's boss becomes a mini-boss, because in the first level, you fight an Abobo, and then he becomes a regular enemy. And in the second level, you fight these, I forget what they're called, but they're the guys with the purple pants, no shirt, and, like, the long hair in their face. And they've got special, like, kick moves, and they can dodge, you know, your your best attacks, like the jump kick and the uh, elbow hit. And uh, they can be a force to be reckoned with, especially when they show up at the in the fourth level with a knife as a weapon and everything. Um, you came to the wrong neighborhood, motherfucker. We had shanks. I know, exactly. It's like, you see these guys and... And then and, Baby and Jimmy are like, oh, man. <laughs> well, because they put you in such interesting circumstances. Double Dragon is the perfect early iteration of like, oh, you can handle this? Well, can you handle this? You know, because they're and like, oh, you can handle it in a Bobo. Can Jimmy you handle four? Yeah, exactly. And then you have to fight yourself with the same health. Like, also, fuck your shit. They're always going to be Bimmy and Jimmy. Bimmy. Yeah, that's great. Um, oh, by the way, Double Dragon Neon is coming out on Steam soon. Ah. I actually like that game. I do, too. It, I, I think WayForward did a great. good job. It's not, it's, not, it's not great, but I don't think Double Dragon was great. Mm-hmm. And this is the most glorious celebration of... Not great being turned cool. Yes. And plus, what are you going to do with a Final Fight clone anyway? Um, or, or rather, a Double Dragon clone. <laughs> I think they did the best they could with the materials they had. And I, I really like their work. I think people over-glorify what Double, Double Dragon, Dragon really is. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, some of the earliest boss battles that do something I really like, which is obviously the next step they were going to take was adapting more platform-heavy games because platforming became kind of a big deal. But, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, like uh, Super Mario Brothers has a boss battle. Technically, Bowser is a boss, and technically you can fight him, but I think it's circumstantial. I'd say he's more of an obstacle, much like the rest oh, of that he, game. Well, the thing, like, yeah, I actually thought about bringing that up, like Mario 1, Bowser. He's basically, how do you put it? Basically, if you, like, replace this sprite with, like, I don't know, like a turret or something... It would be the same goddamn effect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he is basically an answer. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, it makes oh, sense. Oh, God, I just, I just discriminated against Bowser. Now the no. scaly furry community is going to have <laughs> me held up like a Muslim cow and bled out. No, well, it's to... okay. I'll, I'll, I'll let, I'll let that, that kind of bias uh, hold heavily on Gaming History 101. Sorry, Bowser furries. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I, I think Castlevania actually did it first, which is kind of cool because, uh, you know, Castlevania sits in that weird world where Castlevania is probably one of the more dynamic games of the NES generation. Now, I'm a huge Castlevania fan, so I'm mildly biased. But I would say, like, the whip mechanic is something kind of new. Um, there is platforming in it, but there are boss battles, and they, they're using great licenses, basically the Universal Monsters. Um, and uh, Well, it's whew. quite literally a monster mash. Yes. Like, everyone's just hanging out in the Dracula's castle having a party, and then this guy breaks in. It's like, and then and then all the ghouls are running in, and they're like, yo, get out of here. You're not welcome. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, this and- is actually, I actually, like, I always saw this, like, funny camp element to Castlevania, even the more Japanese ones. And that's like one of the things I hate the most about Words of Shadow is how how uninterestingly serious that game is. <laughs> well, I I rather liked Words of Shadow. However, what I will I like you is, I like Words of Shadow. I like Words of Shadow, but at the same time, I really don't. I don't think that game should have existed as Castlevania. Like it's basically. I can understand that, and I don't. Is God of War German Mythology Edition? Yeah, I kind of almost think that Mercury Steam was onto something, and Konami was the first ones who picked them up and were like, "All right, let's see what you can do if it was a 3D Castlevania game." But that's but, that, uh, I do think that game is. Uh, I have to commend the effort. It's a yeah. very, very long game, <laughs> even without the DLC, which was very surprising. Even though I think they run out of interesting ideas a bit before. Well, and don't spoil and, that because I haven't played it yet. I'm playing through the PC version, which had the DLC in there. Because truth be told, I got um, the PC version for cheaper than the DLC would have cost on console. Oh, I, I got it when it like came out, but I also got the PC version because it was like for nothing. Basically. Yeah, they made that. That game got cheap fast. And uh, like, I'm not spoiling anything. I'm just saying that game is long, and it also feels long. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. Like something that could be cut and. Uh, that game feels its age, especially more so than other games because it's, like, quote-unquote action, you know? Um, that said, I do think, like, considering those people made Father Parker's whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. uh, it's, actually, yeah. it's actually a surprisingly good-looking uh, game. Like, yeah. A, wow. Yeah, I thought that game was gorgeous when I saw it at E3 2010, and uh, it holds up. But, uh, um but real quick to go back, I think one of the most significant things about the original Castlevania was it was one of the first times where not only is the boss stronger and bigger, but they each have their own tactics, right? And there are better ways to beat each one of them. Um, you know, like, for example, the Grim Reaper. You want to have a double or triple um, holy water to make him significantly easier. And... You know, with uh, with with um, Frankenstein, there are some people who go right after Igor. There are others that go right after Frankenstein. You know, there are methods to taking out each of those bosses, but you need to have a tactic. And anytime you watch someone go straight on or balls to the wall, even against the bat, you know, not pay attention to patterns in their surroundings. This was one of the first games that said you have to do that. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I actually do, because I've run into that mistake. <laughs> but but it really, I will say this, I actually think that the boss battles are not as hard as some of the stages. Uh, I would agree with you wholeheartedly, especially... Like the, the one with the, with the fucking Medusa heads, and then the guys with the axes, and it's like, overload, information <laughs> overload, abort system. Well, those those Medusas, especially when they start throwing the rotating floors, it's just mean. It's it's just the level designers are as big of a dick as the boss designers. Um, well, I actually remember like one of the people I think on that game in the credits were credited as Fred Fox. <laughs> oh, really? And Fred, not Fox, but oh, Fuchs, like F U C H S. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's Fuse. I love uh, I love working like, in a doctor's office and seeing that name come across. But they, but they also like did you like one of those like Christopher B. Uh huh. There's some very really interesting stuff that Konami was doing as well. Well, that's because like in that time period, you it was kind of like early Hollywood where basically if you actually reveal anything about the process, we will uh, exile you. Poor Japanese salary man. <laughs> yep. And then you're gonna have to go back to the offices. This is the closest to getting to make art. Is what you're gonna get. Yeah, it's totally uh-huh. true. Especially like you said in in Japan, that's that was super true. Um, and, then, but, and, then, uh, and then and then and then and then fucking Keiji Inafune is like, oh, you guess what? Enough king. That's my title. <laughs> there you go. Suck on that. Um. But, uh, uh, and then, well, and I do think there were a couple other distinctions. Um, kind of living in the Castlevania vein, uh, was definitely, uh, Zelda. Now, the original Legend of Zelda, or even Zelda 2, but Legend of Zelda did it first. Uh, I'd say that's a boss heavy game. Um, I'd say that, that still kind yeah. of emulates the Dungeons yeah. and Dragons yeah. concept, though. Uh, well, like the RPGs, which, boy, Oh, sorry, the know. Dungeons and Dragons concept that you're basically getting to the pit for the item. In this con- case, yeah. the item would be the heart container, and therefore, oh well, yeah, but the, the yeah. thing is, like, that's basically the construction of like any fairy tale. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, you got to get the, the magic thing, and then get back to the princess, and then she's going to be your property because she doesn't have anything to say for herself because <laughs> women should only speak when spoken to in that time period. <laughs> that's and, that's true. Sociopolitics aside, though. Um, I also like the concept with Zelda that they know you're going to have more heart containers when you get to the next dungeon. And so the bosses not only get harder, but they kind of uh, level with you almost, so to speak. You know what I mean? Now, if you know how to beat them, and we're talking about this in the chat, like speedrunners and stuff, people who know the exploits, any boss battle isn't that hard if you know the the super weakness, but that's kind of part of the Process. But that's only if the boss is designed to have a weakness. Exactly. So take, for example, all of the extremely bullshit SNK fighting game bosses, <laughs> which only take damage if they feel like it. <laughs> yes, actually, I... Uh, there, I, I will we will this, be talking about fighting game bosses, but yeah, you can continue what you were going to say. I was going to say, there's no such thing as a good fighting game boss. <laughs> I think that's correct. We will dissect that in a minute because there were a couple I wanted to mention. But uh, 
Um, I do think one of uh, one other uh, point, and I'm not literally just going through games that have boss battles. The reason I go through these early ones is these are the early examples as the boss battle becomes you know, more commonplace. But I think one of my favorite ones you mentioned already, but the reason I wanted to bring it up again was uh, Mega Man. Now, Mega Man on its surface, pretty standard in that, you know, I mean, it's a platformer. He can shoot. The bosses have stronger German weapons. German shooting. Exactly. Um, the reason I like Mega Man, though, is aside from having special powers, each has individual specialized powers, each of these bosses, and you gain those powers, each boss kind of had a personality, even from the first one. They all seem to have this I would also like to point this out. Uh, some of these bosses were actually, like, commissioned from, like, uh, basically they had, like, ads in, like, Japanese magazines where school kids would, like, send in their uh, drawings yeah. and shit, and sometimes they would... Actually, some famous Japanese manga artists actually started, not, not really started out, but they just have something like that. Like, uh, the artist of iShield 21, I think he created some, I think he might have created Pharaoh Man. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Oh, interesting. Well, cause Pharaoh Man was created as part of a contest, so I could see that. And, uh, by the fifth and sixth game, I think they were solely, the fifth game was, I, Every, every I think his name was, was Richiro Inagaki, but I don't remember. That sounds Maybe. correct. And I think I mentioned that in the Mega Man podcast, so I'll have to go back and check. But, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Mega Man 5 was solely made up of uh, drawings sent in by people in Japan. Mega Man 6 was made up by people who sent drawings worldwide. Um, only two were non-Japanese chosen, but, you know, I mean... I that, that don't know uh, if the X series had that tradition, but I know that back when they like did the Game Boy Advance, like the Battle Network games, they mm-hmm. once again started doing that. Like a lot of the sense. like a lot of the bosses who were like uh, recycled from the old series into new designs, they were a lot of them were like contest results. Right. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I I think it's cool to a certain extent. I mean, these games were starting to churn out so many bosses. Eventually, that design team was going to be like, ah, fuck, I got nothing. Like, let's see what the rest of the world has. Because, you know, you do see that within reason, uh, you know, the the audience participation. uh, Well, again, to make, like, a robot master, like, conceptually doesn't actually take much. It's like... Yeah, but eventually, Coffee no matter pop, what man. you do, it's going. Yeah, well, yeah, but no matter what you do, it's eventually going to get derivative. Wasn't the X series all animals though? Yeah. Whereas the other ones were kind of like it was, the regular it, it, series is more like elements almost. It was. It started out as elements, but then it like turned into a like concept plus eh. Yeah, exactly. Like Gemini Man and <laughs> Gemini Man, the noisers and yeah. <laughs> uh, the X series was like uh, it was almost like Metal Gear in a sense where it's like animal, yeah, concept. Well, yeah, and and as much as I would absolutely, uh, um, I mean, honestly, we could go on forever about. Um, about like, you know, kind of how this progresses, but, uh, I really think, uh, if you don't mind, I think that's pretty much the origins of the boss battle. Um, but well, there were, it's well, like dramatically, like, it's like also yeah. a dramatic thing where it's like every story has a antagonist and you're going to run into them. Yeah. And I mean, uh, but I think what's interesting after this point, um, 
you know, the boss battle starts to change and it starts to, you know, affect things. Uh, you, you get, you know, as we've talked about, we've gotten many bosses who come in and come into play more often. Uh, they might even be only the purpose of mini bosses. You also have bosses no longer necessarily being at the end of any level, right? Even in the 16 bit era, we started to see levels where bosses wouldn't get to the end. You know what I mean? So, um, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, uh, the one other one I wanted to bring up, though, since we were on that topic, and, and we'll just breeze through them real quick, and then we'll start talking about our favorite boss battles, is uh, uh, the this the fighting game boss battles. Because that was so hard, because, you know, this is a game where everything's balanced and even and equal, I, so what actually, the hell do you do? Well, I would actually like to explain. Uh, see, I, I, I've played fighting games sort of competitively, you know, like tournaments. There weren't a lot of tournaments, but basically, like, I, I, I want to, like, describe why fighting game boss battles are inherently bullshit. Okay. Because, because they're hard in a way that no human would ever be fighting. Like, because, like, the whole strength of a boss in a fighting game is that they know your inputs. And then they right. have like broken counters and like uh, so. And there is actually a somewhat easy way, but that depends on the mechanics and speed of the game, uh, to break a boss battle in a fighting game. And that's and that's like completely counterintuitive to fighting an actual person. It, mm-hmm. it, it is it is such like let's say Street Fighter Four for example. Like the final boss is Seth. Seth has a lot right. of bullshit moves. Yes. Uh, it does. <laughs> but there's a, there's a method to destroy it easily. You are, and it sort of actually does teach a important element of properly fighting a fighting game, which is called spacing. Basically the thing is, like, you, these bosses, their programming has this dead zone. Basically their, mm-hmm. their responses are based off of distance to you. So yes. basically there is this one dead zone which you can enter where they can't instantly react. When, and then when you find the dead zone, you sweep, you sweep, and you sweep, and you sweep, and you sweep. It's over. That works. Yeah, I mean, that works for the most part with the with, with some, but there were some straight-up bullshit ones, and again, it just comes down to which fighting games you played. But I don't know if you uh, played much of the Mortal Kombat games. A lot of people say Shao Kahn's bullshit, but I don't think he's as bullshit because he seemed to have, for the most See, part, relative I, weakness. I never but... held the MK games in high regard as a fighting game. Yeah, well, and I, I don't know that it is. I understand it's them fun, as It's fun, but I don't know that it's good. I, under, I understand them as a cultural thing. Like, yes, they are mm-hmm. a very significant touchstone, but at the same time, I will never respect MK as a fighting game as much as I will respect, say, Street Fighter. Although, also they, I will say this. The more uh-huh. recent fighting games that that studio has made are actually pretty alright. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I, obviously this year I, I gave uh, DC Universe Online um, uh, one injustice, of my favorite games injustice, of the year. Injustice, Injustice, Or, not, yeah, sorry, Injustice, DC Universe Online. Anyway, Injustice. See, I, I, would, I don't even understand how people make that mistake because Injustice is a much more easy title to comprehend. Oh, what, than DCUO? <laughs> yes, because it's like oh, an acronym. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know why I, I suddenly uh, was saying injustice or was saying DCUO instead of injustice. I, I honestly uh. didn't tell you, but um, but yeah, I you know I I think boss battle. Uh, well, so with Mortal Kombat, they did have a time where um, basically the the big demon uh, the big creature guys goro kintaro and motaro they have these spots where you hit them and the damage comes off but they don't get stunned or they don't back up yeah, and they yeah. actually continue that's their also moves. that's also kind of the uh the big thing that uh, a lot of the kof boxes do where it's like they just sometimes skip design elements that normal characters have like mm-hmm. uh in kof was it 12 or 11 Basically, the final boss, he does not have a ducking sprite, but oh. he still has the mechanic to duck. Did you see what this means? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that means that he can duck, but he doesn't have to have the weaknesses that come along with having that sprite. Yeah, it means it means you don't know if it's high or low because... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it, it does. It becomes a problem. And, uh, but you know, again, I don't think even, even some of the games that kind of get it more fair and right. Like, uh, I thought Marvel versus Capcom definitely had a decent, uh, balance with their bosses, but even Galactus is bullshit. I mean, it's just, it, there's, it's just, there's no, you know, M. Bison is the same thing. They're on the level. They're close to being fair, but they're still not fair. And so yeah. it's still one of those things. That's why the old joke was in order to get uh, um, in order to get Shang Long in the original Street Fighter Two was to uh, never lose a round even against M Bison because they knew almost no one could do it, and even if you did, you'd be the minority, you know. Um, so <laughs> it was more luck than skill, so it didn't really matter. But uh, but yeah, yeah, so I mean, for the most part, that was that was a big problem I had with boss battles, but. Anyway, moving forward, let's let's talk about what we want to. Let's let's talk about boss battles that we love over time, and I, I think we'll do it in like a back and forth thing. So, do you have one off the top of your head? Do you want to go first? This one's actually it, well, uh, I sadly I more journey towards more recent stuff. The Yakuza games. Okay. Oh my God, the boss battles in those games—they are like the 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 champions of boss battles. It's like it's like no, you must look at the boss battles. They're amazing. Uh, well, basically, it, well, in Yakuza, pretty much every single boss is just another dude. Okay. But but and they're also like half cinematic in that a lot of the bosses are like their own like little quick time events. But, mm-hmm. but the thing is, the Yakuza series, their quick time events are not bullshit. There's so I've heard. I've honestly not played many of the Yakuza. I played the demo of uh, Yakuza 3, right? Yakuza 3 was the first one on PS3? 3 was, yes, it was the first one on PS3 okay. to come out in English. Yes, there, there and I have one, Yakuza... There, there, was one with, there was the one with the samurai that came out before that never oh, made it yes. to the West. Yeah, was, uh, wasn't it a Gaiden game? Like a it, side story game? Uh, more or less, uh, it has nothing to do uh, with anything that happens later on. It's it's actually a retelling. It's, it's sort of based off of history, but not really. Mm-hmm. Basically, the main oh, dude. Wait, I did hear about this one. Yeah. The main dude. Yeah, it's always been. The main dude is like uh, Miyamoto Musashi. Mm-hmm. And who was like the greatest swordsman in Japanese history? Yes, he was. 
sorry. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 uh, I've always been interested in the concept of the Yakuza games. I've just never uh, tried them. I recently found one and two in good condition at a store for like ten bucks. So I picked them up, but I haven't started. Them. I actually, uh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the series. Uh, I can tell. <laughs> uh, I started out with two on the P2. Uh huh. I played imported versions of the Samurai One and also Three. Mm-hmm. And I bought four, which came out in English, and I ju- they just sent out my uh, import copy of the fifth one. Wow. Yeah, and that one I don't know really has a good chance of coming here, but here's hoping uh, again, since I haven't I started heard, it. <laughs> I, heard, I heard that Sega was, Sega was Sega, which is wrong, but I heard mm-hmm. that like Sony were like, well, we'll try to make something happen. Cool. Well, let's see what they do. Again, uh, Sony has always, I think, for the most part, done uh, the PS, the PS, the PlayStation platform right on things that are strongly, even if they're not much of a money maker, that are strongly uh, supported and and, and exclusive. And Yakuza is definitely one of those properties. Yakuza is like one of the few uh, Sony exclusive things that's really, really interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've heard that, so um, I'm curious. Uh, it's it's kind of like Shenmue, except it's a game that's less insane and more of an actual game. Mm-hmm. Like it, like it doesn't have like weird shit, like like useless drawers. Like you know, in Shenmue, there's like this insane level of detail, but it's pointless detail. We'll make fun of Kazunori Yamauchi for, like, putting mics under, like, cars and recording the engine sounds, but then you had this shit. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, the Yakuza series, uh, amazing boss battles all around. They also have this tradition where the final boss in every single game, well, except for the Samurai one, is that it's always, like, on top of, a, like, this skyscraper, and everyone, and all the dudes just take their shirts off, just punch each other. But it's the awesomest thing, because it's, because it's just this explosion of violence. This mm-hmm. constant, endless violence. <laughs> Well, and also, um, and also for, the, for the children, for the children, for the children. Um, but uh, well, yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to trying out uh, Yakuza. Um, I haven't, uh, I haven't gotten a chance to. But. I've successfully converted several people to the true faith of gaming. <laughs> well, again, I'd love to cover them for GH101 at some point. So. Yes, um, yes, but, uh, yes, then you know who to call. <laughs> yes, I do. So, um, but, all right, well, uh, actually, one, I, I should mention one that was brought up in the chat, which was a good one, which is um, uh, which is uh, Andy from 42 Level 1 talked about the uh, T-Rex boss battle from Tomb Raider. Um, uh, I, I just remember I that remember because it was... This. Oh, okay, it was it was like one of the most batshit insane things. You're playing through Tomb Raider, you know, and, and I mean, you're you're seeing some creatures and whatnot appear from time to time you know you'll see like you know cougars and whatnot and bats and stuff show up but all of a sudden you kind of end up in this land of the lost kind of open field 
And uh, it, it's much better handled in the anniversary remake, obviously, although it's not as impactful. Um, no, it's not uh, as good. Like in the original one, it, it seemed more epic, but maybe that's nostalgia creeping in. But, uh, Were there but like, any aliens? No, no, not in this scene. Uh, you enter this clearing, and you start to see, like, I think you encounter a raptor one or two beforehand, and you're like, what the hell, These there's dinosaurs here? You know, and it was kind of off-putting, and I remember it being dark. Like, I think the, the, the sky is black, and then all of a sudden, you get to this open clearing, and a frickin' T-Rex comes out of the woods and just attacks you, and you're like, oh, okay, shit, like, I'm fighting a Tyrannosaurus the T-Rex Rex is now. like, rah, I'm a motherfucking T-Rex. <laughs> yeah, and it's a true blue T-Rex, and I don't know about most people, but, uh, you know, you, you're like running around, and you're like, I wonder what would happen if he caught up to me, and then if you ever let him, he, he kills you almost instantly, and you're like, okay, okay, so that is what will happen if he caught up to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I remember that being one of the great oh shit moments, and then you have to adjust to fighting a T-Rex. You're like, okay, now I'm fighting a T-Rex. Okay, let's do this. Uh, so it was, uh, it was a very cool boss battle and doubled up as a, uh, oh shit moment. Um, I don't remember that, that battle being particularly hard, but I do remember it being like hardcore. Like it was startling. And then once you took out the T-Rex, you were like, fuck yeah, dude, I just took out a T-Rex. I mean, it like brought Lara Croft to badass status pretty quick. Um, and then back but, to uh, object. <laughs> With her uh, Madonna boobs, but oh. um, but yeah, uh, but uh, so that again, that one was cool. Uh, he, they're saying uh, in the Saturn one, I killed the T Rex with pistols. Took like an hour. Yeah, I think I did too. And it was one of the longest boss battles I've ever done. But uh, I think they updated that in anniversary because I remember fighting the T Rex with pistols in anniversary, and it wasn't quite as ridiculous. Um, but again, there were tweaks because Crystal D did that one. Um, but, uh, that's definitely one of the more epic ones. And, you know, in staying consistent with that, probably one of my most epic battles, um, comes from, uh, an oldie but a goodie, uh, which is the original Resident Evil. Yes. We talk about this game so much on this show. Yes. And yet... We very rarely talk about the boss battles. In fact, if you've not played them, you might very well not know that the game is riddled with boss battles. Um, and probably the most significant one for me was the snake. Um, oh, the, oh, yeah, uh, I remember the snake, yeah. Yeah, when you walk, into, you walk into the area where one of the moon crescents are that opens the door... And it's kind of like a barn area, and it's all wooden, and there's, like, hay, and it kind of looks like a pen where an animal would be. And right about when you're like, hey, I wonder – oh, wait, actually, I think they foreshadow there's going to be a giant snake. So you actually know – they sort of foreshadow, like, all of the bosses. Yeah, because the – what's his face? Enrico – I think it was Enrico, but it might not have been. It might have been Kenneth – was sitting there with a huge bite in him, and he said, it's a giant snake. So you go into it knowing there's going to be a giant snake. But I think that didn't even make it easier because then when that fucking thing comes out, you're just like, holy shit. And in the remake where they updated the graphics and really brought it up into really nice graphics. Honestly, that stellar. Uh, when you talk about the, the remake, the one that I remember most of, like, Lisa Trevor was basically there. Lisa oh. Trevor was, like, their attempt at, like, making a nemesis for that game. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and it was... 
that was an interesting creation. I don't know if I really count it as a boss, although you do have to take her on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm telling you, man, uh, I, uh, the, the, the fucking snake was, was the most pivotal for me in this one. Um, there is also, what was that weird one in the remake? Remember how, uh, this works in the same regard as the snake because the snake comes back too. Uh, he comes back in the middle of the, uh, the big ballroom with the checkered floor. And I remember when that happened, I was like, holy shit. Like, I remember that because he was all fucked up from when you killed him the first time. <laughs> I remember that. You think I'm dumb, bitch? Yeah, I'm exactly. It was, it, it was, it was pretty good. Um, but, uh, but in the remake, there is something that's kind of similar to it where it like foreshadows that something's going to be up there, but you're not quite sure, which is there's this new puzzle in this like gazebo area where there's a coffin suspended by four chains. And as you put different items that it's asking for, I forgot whether it was emblems or it was some collectible, um, a chain rips off and blood spurts out. And then eventually when you get all four of them, you know, the coffin opens and you fight this big, like, it's just kind of like a blood demon zombie. I think it was the, actually it was the first version of the, I forgot what they call them, but like the red zombies that, that you had to light on fire in order to kill oh, them. Oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The crimson zombies or whatever. Crimson but, heads, uh, yeah. yeah, but that was, that was pretty good too. But yeah, the snake wall. The coffin thing just kind of reminds me more of like, um, like uh, in Code Veronica, there's like the Nosferatu dude. Yes. Yeah, he was. And many people I don't think have ever seen him. <laughs> yeah. He was far enough into the campaign, and that game was hard enough that I don't think a lot of And then there's saw. also like weirdo, crazy, fruity Norman Bates guy. It's like, yeah, yeah I'm done. Yeah. Uh, Code Veronica was. Uh, was was a little tough to swallow, though. You know, I still stand uh, oh, that it's the definitive one, but uh, uh, of the least, original version. Even then, it's like Wesker is like Chris. When I'm that's not <laughs> yeah. that's not the voice. That's this. He's like, hey, Chris, I'm back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Wesker's uh, awesome. Wesker is awesome. I'll give Wesker credit. He's it's he's complete, he's totally it's complete bullshit that they didn't bring him back. Like it's well. He actually dared to kill him off. He's like the only character who has anything going for him. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd go that far. Actually, since we're on this topic and so we don't have to come back to it, I'm going to go into one more, which was Nemesis in Resident Evil 3. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought he was great with the whole, like, stars thing where he's just you know every every second you just all of a sudden there'd be like a cut or something and it'd be like stars and then they would make you make a decision you know it's kind of like terminator the first one yeah actually it reminds me a lot of that because you can't even touch him till the end um which is actually one of my chief complaints about boss battles i think it's bullshit if you make a guy impossible to kill and then suddenly make him killable (laughs) or sometimes there are like some boss battles where where you are just kicking the shit out of this little bitch, but then it's mm-hmm. seems like, oh, he's so strong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the boss battles that are supposed to be hard that are not. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, no, so even again, better, think... it's like, it, the story's like, and then you lost. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Referee is fucking collusion. Collusion. Um, Shenanigans. But, uh... Uh, I don't know. What's what's another one of yours? What's another one of your favorite boss battles? This is generally the Metal Gear series. Yes, absolutely. 
Uh, I've got my favorite, but I'm just curious for you. What's your favorite one or two? Uh, of wait, wait, favorite of what? Like of the series? Oh, sorry. What's your favorite? Like one or two of the Metal Gear bosses in any of the games? Oh, uh, Metal hmm. Gear bosses are kind of like Bond bosses, you know. Does, Bond does this them. include Revengeance? Uh, no, because I know exactly who you're gonna pick on that one. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Uh, no, actually, you know, honestly, I've not played through Revengeance yet. I saw you recently playing it on PC, and I'm guessing you've played it before. But um, yeah. uh, if you want to, uh, nah, if, you, if nah, it fits the criteria, then yeah, absolutely, they count. Uh, no, this favorite Melgar. God, there's so many to choose from. Uh, there are probably uh, the final boss of four, as a because that is just this really strong uh, nostalgia thing where it's like mm-hmm. it forces the nostalgia in you and it's like you can't persist like okay fine even though it's <laughs> even though with it's the old life bars and everything the old and then, and then, and then the music and then when it gets well, to the like, same enemy and <laughs> when, it, when it gets to like the third one uh, he like does the old ocelot like hand sign he's like you're pretty good it's like ah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, they do. They, and, I mean, and, that was and, nostalgia. And it's, and it's really yeah. impressive. Like they make uh, this awkward little fist fight between two old men <laughs> with these uh, questionable mustaches, and they make <laughs> and they make it awesome. And one of them is like wearing a gimp suit, that's like all ripped up. The other one's this this shirtless old man who looks kind of like uh, Sean Connery and Zardoz. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that, but again, that, that was good, but can you imagine if, uh, um, if you'd never played that game, that must have been one of the most awkward, stupid boss battles you've ever done. No, no, because I think that no one, like, no one who played that game had absolutely no expectations, because that game, it, like, hammered in the whole memory. That's true. Oh, pardon my yawn. That's true. I mean, but again, it it definitely was more, in my opinion, more uh, um, more fan service. Um, but it it works. It works very well. So, um, but uh, uh, the other one, I don't know. A lot of people like the boss. I actually prefer the bell with Solidus. Ah. That's a good. That's a good. What, so, what do you like specifically about that one? Uh, I just like. I, I generally have this thing where I like it when a boss is actually a comparable character to you. Like, I, I generally enjoy like the idea of a rival battle, and Solidus is like this older, more powerful version of you in a sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would totally agree with like, that. Like, so, and it's, and it's, and I like that everything is on the line, and he's like, you're not good walking away from this, Jack. We have to finish this. And, so, and <laughs> yeah. then he, like, throws you the sword, and it's like, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was a cool one. We um, are brothers, McLeod. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I think my two. only one, you fuck. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the Highlander shit already. Um, but, uh, um, do, do, do. Okay. Uh, in checking, um, 
in checking with, uh, uh, hold on real quick. We're going to bring one in, then I'm going to talk about a, a couple of the Metal Gear ones. Uh, just two, really. But, uh, um, Rise uh, from your grave. Nope. <laughs> What's up? Uh, it's Xenocore, right? Yes, correct. What's uh, up, man? Hey. How are you? Yeah, sorry if there's a little bit of echo for the moment. I'm trying to get that wrangled, but I switched to a new version of Skype, and it hasn't been fully configured yet. So. Oh, no problem. Actually, it sounds fine to me. Probably sounds good uh, to me. Mr. Yeah, well, welcome welcome to the show. Last one you were on, I think, was the Commodore 64, where you schooled me and Dana on our own show. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you get ancient. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, well, oh, welcome. I uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, you said you wanted to call in, and I figured, uh, especially since we're about to wrap up Metal Gear, and if you had any say in them... Uh, you know, we should we should let you in on that, and then we'll just throw you in the round robin. We have about 20 minutes till the end here, guys, So, but uh, we can keep going with this for now. Um, but for me, i got to say, probably my favorite boss uh, still, and it probably is one of my, my lead, like, it was so frustrating at the time, but my favorite boss is probably, and I know it's a popular one, but the end. Uh, I thought the end was uh, a crazy good boss battle. Um, you know, kind of... It's a impressive battle. It's it's easily the most impressive one from a pure design standpoint. Yeah, but, I like. But it's it's well, impressive in a way that not all of the players would actually understand the nuance of. Yeah, and until you kind of get that down, it's very frustrating, um, and it's almost like you can't really figure it out. I think that's almost why, I don't know if you guys know this, but I think most people do who play Metal Gear Solid 3, um, you can skip your game clock forward two weeks and it'll die of old age. One week. <laughs> oh, is it one week? Okay. Yeah, as cool as the battle with also, the end was, I still think it's kind of, it was more of a gimmick than a boss fight. I, and they also sort of rework it into um, MGS4 with Crying Wolf. Yes, I thought Crying Wolf was a more polished, more approachable version of, of that. But also yeah, speaking it didn't of have which, that, um, like patience though. Yeah, uh, in that one you can just like pull out some nukes and just nuke her, and because the, <laughs> yeah, because the, target, the, and because the kill is only when you. I, Right, I have to not sure. The kill only counts when you actually, like, uh, uh, subdue her outside the armor. Yes. Yeah. Uh, That's true. Uh, I also, it wasn't like Laughing Octopus, sort of like a reworking of the original concept of what Hideo wanted in, like, the PS1, like, MGS1, but he couldn't do mm -hmm. it because of tech. Yes, yes, and I think that's a lot of what happens in 4. Um, again, I, I think what I like about the end is just the, the various ways you can go about him. Like, I've hunted him down because you have to for the no-kill playthrough, which is something that is so masochistic you should only do if you truly desire it. Uh, beating the boss at CQC was not fun. Uh, and when I say the boss, I mean the boss. Uh, but It's actually not that hard. I I beg to differ, but that's cool. You know, actually, again, you, you know, you hard you know the you. thing that's actually more <laughs> annoying about that game is trying to get all those bullshit fucking frogs. <laughs> yes, I will give you that. 
Um, but uh, like I said, to to a certain extent, he was my favorite, and I felt that the making him die of old age was not only amusing, but it, you could it seemed also to me to be the way out of the, it. Unlike the docs. Yes, when he's talking to uh, what's his face on the docks, you can you can snipe him when he's hanging well, out there. Well, in the HD right version, if you don't want to fuck with the clock, I think you can actually kill him with the clock because the system clock actually has like more purpose. You maybe not yes. would not want to do that. That is actually the preferable method. And if you kill him with the sniper rifle, you get some ocelot soldiers in his place. Yes, yes, that is correct. Um. Uh, but I don't know, uh, Xenocore, What was? Uh, do you have a favorite MGS boss? Are you a big MGS guy? Uh, well, I mean, I, I appreciate the game, but I don't give it as much credit as everybody else does. Mainly because the further they got in the Metal Gear, uh, I think the further they got from their initial design, it became like a linear 3D platformer to me. <laughs> I could, I could see that. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, the old one, I mean, you're in a sub, you were in a single environment, but you had to work the entire environment. It was more of a Metroidvania game back in the day. At least I had the feel of one. Same with yeah, two. and I'm actually going back into it. Yeah, I'm gonna go replay every Kojima game. I think in April, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm starting with the first two MSX games because obviously it's on the HD. Class, um, so you uh, gotta play them. If if you would, could you play the US uh, Sega CD version of uh, Snatcher? Yeah, I will be. That's the version I'm playing. That's great. Uh, that game has a surprisingly good uh, dub. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's, like it's, it's, it's not it's not amazing by today's standards, but for what that is for that time period, it's surprising. Well, and uh, Japan says that it's the best version out of all of them, <laughs> and that game's been remade quite a few times in Japan, quite a few. Yeah. So, um, but then again, it's but, like the only English version like, official. <laughs> yes, it is. It is the only official English version. So, um, and I will be playing the fan-translated version of Police Knots on PS1, although I'm told that that game is pretty boring to watch, so I probably won't capture that one. <laughs> maybe can, I will you for can, You for can maybe fun, capture but... it and then, like, make a best of. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's editing. That's work. I don't want to do that. But, uh, yeah, I might do something with it. I might capture it just to have it and then release it quietly <laughs> being like this is the masochistic side if you really want to see police knots through and through i'm told it's actually a weak work which sucks because i've waited so long to play it but eh, we'll see yeah. if, if, if but, i had um, to pick a single boss though it'd probably have to be the, the fight with metal gear ray off too ah because that was surprising it was mainly I got you get involved with the boss fight and it escalates while you're in there beyond what you were really expecting. Like you expect to fight a metal mm-hmm. gear, sure. You didn't expect to find a whole flotilla of the damn things if you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and the amount of how many you have to fight skills depending on difficulty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in fact I'd have to put the the whole stage of when you enter Arsenal Gear up to the Metal Gear Ray fight, that whole sequence, just because of how much it's. I need Scissor 61. Yeah. Right. I mean, literally making console. the game look like it. Yeah, literally like the, the chatting. We're entering the of the street a corner. Hyro The level of. Because you weren't ready for it, it was surprised. That was the cool part of that whole experience. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I. And, and again, I. Uh, 
I, I think that's the probably aside from oh I'm naked riding for the end of it like that was one of the most uh, memorable parts of that game and again naked riding was just jarring but that was a very cool sequence like to me and still one still, of my favorite sequences of the sequel and he still does like the cartwheel as well naked and holding his dick yeah yeah well you know dude's a pro dude's a pro dude man and if you got flying everywhere in the middle of a firefight you got to know where it's at. Well, you should, well, that's, well that's the thing. You should, you should be, like, armed. You're, you're still packing. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just sneak up on a soldier and it's like, give me your clothes. And then you pressure yourself against it. It's like, ah! Please, He's a child please, soldier, not a robot, okay? Please. Yeah. Please. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like uh, don't ask, don't tell. Don't ask, don't tell. Don't ask, don't tell. I won't ask. Um, for anything but, uh, other than your clothes. But yeah, Metal Gear definitely one of the most notable series for its boss battles. And again, much like Mega Man, bosses with personalities, bosses that. And again, you know whether or not you think Mega Man really holds up with that. Uh, Metal Gear, I think, definitely does. If nothing more, uh, they're they're bosses with personality. Um, but since you came in, and since you came in near the end, I definitely could not let this discussion go on without asking you uh, for one of your memorable ones. So uh, Xenocore. Um, what's, what's one of your favorite, most memorable, et cetera, boss battles over history? Uh, geez, there's so many. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, geez, what was what, I mean, there were, there are quite a few, possibly, uh, well, that, that one's a bit fan service. I'll skip that one. But, uh, an honorable mention is the end of Cybernator. Okay. Yeah, this, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit I don't know it. So yeah, or suits Vulcan if if you played the Japanese version. But essentially, it's a it's a Gundam kickoff that Konami did back in the day. It's a very very well made game, but you know it's a gigantic two screen sized boss when you're just maybe a quarter of a screen high. You know you have to kill it before wow. it escapes the facility, so that way the evil guy dies in the end. But yeah, uh, yeah but it, I highly encourage that one. And you should maybe like bring up like an image or something because I don't actually have any idea what that was. Yeah, here I can I can pull that up and uh, while he's talking. Yeah, that one's a Super Nintendo one. And then um. Gotcha. Jeez. Hmm. I mean, I I I guess just because of how epically I ended up fight finishing him the first time I fought the dragon in Dragon Warrior One. Oh yeah, because I killed him with three hit points remaining. Damn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. You want to talk about one of those? Oh, please don't let me have to come through this again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I was, and plus I was level twenty-seven when I got there. So I think the game has wow. a code, code built into. I'm not sure. I've never bothered to, to authenticate it, but I think it has code to make sure you're at least twenty-nine. Because I remember going up two levels right before I fought him. It's like I got one, yeah, uh, one I don't... battle, all of a sudden I went up a level. It's like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to get so and so many hit points or experience points. And then it went up again right before I talked, I, I chatted with him. It's like, really? And I, <laughs> and I still barely beat him. So I was one level below max, and I barely beat him. Wow. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I, I'm i usually at least 40 when I get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that one that one was actually much more pivotal to me. Taking on is it? It's Dragon Master, right? Uh, or it's the Dragon Lord, or Dragon Lord? Sorry, Dragon Lord. That's what it's called. Yep. Dragon Lord, much more um, notable to me than um, than Chaos. Sorry to say, um, 
chaos was cool, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, at the end of Final Fantasy. Uh, Honestly, a lot of the Final Fantasy games they have more interesting villains than the bullshit you fight in the end. Well, like, they do now. They do now. Yeah. But in the beginning, no, 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 they they used to still like uh, say Fantasy Four, Four being. But yeah, well, when, cool. I, when I say now, I'm referring to like four newer because I was playing it since one. <laughs> so, well, what I mean, is chaos? Uh, like in like in four, they like build up the whole thing with Golbez, mm-hmm. but then the last the last boss is like some ancient whatever fucking demonic. Yeah. Whatever. It's like okay, anime. Okay. <laughs> um. I'm having a tough time finding the Cybernator last boss. Maybe no one's ever gotten to it before, man. Um, <laughs> but I know it exists. But, uh, yeah, it looks like not a lot of people have uh, gotten to it, man. Unfortunately, Xenocore. Mm. But, anyway. Um, so, yeah, Dragon Lord was a, was a cool boss battle, and uh, I remember that being, uh, being very cool uh, back in the day. Um, I'm trying to remember. I had this one in mind that I wanted to talk about as a last boss battle, and now I'm blanking on okay, it. Okay, I put it in chat right, where, right before or uh, in uh, Skype. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll grab it, and then I'll oh, – okay, cool. I'll pop it in the main chat. Uh, oh, wait, you put it in the main chat too. Okay, cool. Um yeah. But uh but yeah that's that's a very interesting boss battle. Um but uh yeah I uh <clears throat> I'm trying to think of oh you know what one of my ones that I really liked was the uh the seven-headed boss from uh Gunstar Heroes. You guys ever played this oh, game? Oh yeah, that's Golden Silver. I have played it but I have not finished it. Gunstar Heroes gotcha. is my jam. So yeah, Golden Silver. It is it is a cool fucking game. It's really cool. <laughs> You said gold and silver is what it's called. Yeah, I think that's the name. The the, the it was uh, the robot that had all the jewels. Yeah, oh my, and he's oh, got treasure uh, games like insane boss battles. Well, well, they trumped it with alien soldiers. So, so, so yeah, so, uh, they really did with alien soldiers. So yeah, so while Gunstar Heroes is great, and they even borrow one of the bosses from it for alien soldiers, like the seven force they borrowed, so, with the same music too, which I don't mind. You said the seven force, yeah. The seven fourths. Yeah, I think that's that's what I'm thinking of, right? Where it's the different boss battles. Yeah, yeah, he's the uh, end but of you one only level. Play certain... It's like a yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, Gunstar Green uses his. Yeah, power. and when you get to if you're on easy, you fight three of them. If you're on medium, you fight five of them, and if you're on hard, you fight all seven. Yeah. Um, and that was definitely one of my most memorable. And yeah, they did bring him back for Alien Soldier. Well, I think Alien Soldier's probably the better one, the better game. Um. It's most notable uh, to me, especially with all the parallax scrolling and stuff that was going on. Uh, the the first time I saw that that boss uh, and, and fought that boss uh, and lost miserably to that boss in Gunstar Heroes was uh, was notable. And I would like to point out that Guardian Heroes, currently playing it right now, proves that not every boss battle in a treasure game is uh, is magical. But, well, <laughs> actually, well that one's just raw fun. That one's not a great boss battle. The game is so fun they have to give you something that you have to beat up on for a while yeah. so i'm i'm having a super blast with it although um for those playing it for the game club especially if you put it off till now and haven't played the saturn version don't play the remix version 
play the original. Uh, the remix uh, is for people who have like mastered the original. It made it a lot oh, harder, really? which isn't bad. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. So it's so it's a uh, Guardian Heroes Gaiden. Awesome. <laughs> kind of. They call it that, but what they do is they add new mechanics. Oh. Like a dash backwards mechanic, and the enemies can now juggle you back and forth without you being able to block. Oh, nice! Um, it's they like integrate one hit kills. Yeah, they integrate one hit kills and kind of. But since they give you the option of fireballs, you can throw empty But since they give you the option to play the original, it's fucking Street Fighter, you little bitch. I'm tagging Well, it's worthwhile because they let you play the original. But if you've played the original through and through, and you're really feeling nuts. You can play that. They also, uh, Xenocore, they limit your magic points. You have a top magic points number. Okay. Um, yeah, because I could never understand how anybody through a single playthrough could get their characters anywhere near the level that they suggest you can get your points to. I don't know how you can get them that high, but what is it, Marie or whoever, the, the girl who can heal for her magic power? Yeah, yeah. You can have unlimited magic points as you store them up throughout the campaign. Oh, really? So basically, <laughs> she's got to push one button to heal. Uh, I, I never knew anybody that actually played her just because her character was so janky. She's a janky character, but you don't really need to care because you've got your... And, and again, this is this is kind of spoilers for the next one, but this will help out people who are having trouble with it. Um, if you want the achievement for beating the game on hard without dying once, that's how you do it. Um, you just... <laughs> You just uh, you just uh, uh, play it with her and uh, and you just heal whenever you need it and make your uh, secondary your 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 NPC yeah. do all the work for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I was all about the, the the ninja and the mage, man. That was it. So. Yeah, yeah. Those are the best. Uh, the first two I played was the healer and the uh, barbarian kind of guy, the the main guy, yeah, the yeah. first guy. And those are probably the two more boring ways to play through that game. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Yep. Uh, and tune in next week to, where we'll be talking about it with uh, Jam and um, uh, Yogi. <coughs> so, uh, but um, but yeah. Uh, well, okay. It looks like we're about rounding it out, but I think we can do one more round for you two guys if you want to. So, uh, Yuri, is there one more boss battle you wanted to mention? Um, the problem is that there are more than that, but. Okay. Well, okay. Well, or did you want to like speed round it? <laughs> I uh, can do that too. Sir Parkes, Sir Paul. Basically, um, this is once again a more recent game. Osiris Wrath, the final boss, the true oh, yes. final boss of the DLC. That mm-hmm. boss battle is beautiful. It's wonderful. It, it's 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 like cinematic to like the nth degree, but it works. It's it's a, it's like a culmination of everything that that great game that got shot on while that dirty French scrub David Cage still makes garbage and somehow gets better <laughs> critical reception and sales even though he is a a dumb dumb useless thief who gets money thrown at. Fair enough. Um, I don't know, Xenocore, uh, uh, you, have you played uh, uh, Osiris Wrath? Uh, no, because I saw it as like an interactive story, the way they designed it, so I figured I'd wait for a uh-huh. Let's Play and I'll just watch it. Fair yeah. enough. I mean, you, you do lose some of the... That is true, but at the same time, you do lose some of the uh, impact of that because there is some insane shit. Now, oh, yeah, I, like, I still want to see it. I just don't feel like taking the time to play through it myself, so... 
Yeah, but sometimes they can do this sort of sympath. But yeah, like the final boss is like this, this like God thing because of course the Japanese fantasy game. Of course you're gonna fight God. Who else is there? <laughs> yeah, but only now you can actually call him that because uh, Nintendo is no longer in charge. They quite literally <laughs> refer to him as Chakravarti, which is like one of the uh, Hindu like super super gods. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and basically like, you like throw down with him. And and it's just this wonderful spectacle, and yeah. by by the end, and there's this wonderful moment where you start like retaliating against him, and he's starting to break, and and uh, there's like this one moment where he gets his own quick time events, which he starts yes. to fail as he is starting to break. And yeah, it, it's I just, I played. It's just, it's just this wonderful thing. It's like, oh my god, yes. This is visual storytelling, yeah, I, David Cage, you dirty fuck. <laughs> I played this, I played that game myself, and I played through all the DLC, and actually, uh, Yuri, I gotta agree with you, I championed for this game when I played it, um, and, and, and it's, it's definitely a cool experience, and again, uh, Xenocorp, there's never been a better explanation for, uh, you know, aside from a couple of other games that are very similar in, in format, um, for watching a Let's Play, but, uh, it's definitely worth checking out, uh, even if, uh, even if you're not in the mood to play it yourself. Um, and, and, and again, I, I said the only downside was that they hit it behind DLC because you really need to get the DLC missions to see that game in full. But, God damn, I, if you've ever needed, you know, a more justifiable reason to get DLC, it's definitely what that game presents. Uh, so uh, I, I, I got to agree with you, Yuri. It's a, it's a very awesome boss battle. Um, right, I'm going to trump that and go with – Okay. Any boss battle ever created by From Software, any one of their games. Yeah, if there's, nice. a, if there's a single one-on-one fight, that game, any that company pound for pound puts out the best bottle of uh, battles. I actually don't know. That Souls, apply. Demon Souls, all the uh, the Armored Core games, mm-hmm. all of them. All of them. Really? Yeah, all of them. Any one-on-one fight is a is is great to play. It's always fun. Uh, well, and have, real actually, quick, just actually, I actually was debating whether to pimp Chakravarti or like the Soul series because yes, yes, you actually feel like your guts from Berserk when you're fighting the demons and like Demon Souls or Dark Souls. You actually and, and, do and, and, feel and, like uh, a and, man and, holding a sword against. Well, not just that, too. If you think about uh, Armored Core, I think it's 4 for answer, you're fighting these gigantic uh, arcology-sized mecha. Like, literally, mm-hmm. you have to climb all over the thing in your own mecha just to do damage to it. It's it's gorgeous. You're literally charging a titan and actually having to jump all the way up Jesus. it. And, shoot, like, look up the – like, just the intro scene from Armored Core 4 for answer tells the uh-huh. entire story of that game, and it's it, gorgeous. All right, you've convinced me. I will look into Armored Core. I've never been interested in it before. The other thing I was going to ask you, actually, while I, while we're on the topic, is uh, there is a From Software game I sadly haven't played, but I do own, and I've had it since the day it came out, which was 3D.Game Heroes. Have you played that? Do you know if that holds up? That I have I know that's more played, of a Zelda I heard homage, it was a Zelda but... clone, so I never bothered. But mm-hmm. I like their, the, the execution idea, like the way the whole visual of the game I have not, together. I have not played it, but yeah. uh, I have seen like several friends recommend it and stream it. It's it's interesting at least, which is more than you can say for most games these days. 
I, well, I, I think it's what it to most be people... the same caliber as Legend of Zelda as far as just general playability. That's what I would. Right. Yeah, and I yeah. want to try it. I, I always tell people 3D.GameHeroes looks how you think voxels are going to look, but it's never really how voxels look. Uh, it's clearly a polygon game, but still, um, you know, that's what I thought about when I first thought about voxels, you know, these, these you know, volumetric pixels. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, uh, again, it's a cool concept, but it's that, it, I think that's 3D.Game Heroes, ironically, was one of the most, like, Praised homages to Zelda that also, like, no one played. <laughs> so, but, uh, but, yeah, and as somebody who's played very little darker Demon Souls, I can speak at least to some of the bosses in Demon Souls. Uh, crazy stuff. And I've bought every one of the Souls games. I have Dark Souls 2 coming. The whole but, thing uh, that sold me on the Souls series is there is this Japanese comic called uh, Berserk. Or there's yes. this mm-hmm. guy, or this this human dude. I actually have a Berserk game. And I've seen the oh, whole anime. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen the whole... Uh, I bought it for the PS2. I've seen the whole uh, anime and also read the uh, the manga. Uh, I don't recommend the new movies if they're not very good. But the manga is great because it's like, once again, the dude is just a dude. He is just a dude. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he's not, like, special in any sense. He doesn't have, like, anime superpowers. He is through just pure force of will and training, just fighting these uh, hellish beasts who are, like, Wait, truly... isn't he a bit steampunky, too, now? Uh, he loses his arm. I think I saw tentacles oh, okay, never mind. back he or something. All right, never mind. He loses his arm, and it's, it gets, like, replaced with, like, this uh, prosthetic. It's a bit ahead of its time, but there's nothing that significant about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he does later on get, like, this suit of armor, which actually does, like, let him survive uh, things that would kill him before. Mm. But even then, that's not, like, that fun, because it just literally just... Uh, like jam spikes into his arm just to like hold his bones together. Like if, yeah, like, I, if he, uh, like if he took the armor off, he would be just sludge. Well, I've I've recently gotten into crazy import stuff, especially on the PS2, um, as you've kind of seen if you watch my let's plays and stuff. But uh, um, Berserk, uh, I found it like super cheap on the PS2, but it's a Japanese only game. I don't. Think, I know it's action, so I don't think I'm going to need to know any of the language stuff, but it's obviously all in Japanese, and I don't know Japanese. But uh, uh, but somebody... I know that the PS2 for short games is actually really good. It's, yeah, that's what somebody it's really told good, me, and I got uh, it for like 10 bucks. I don't think so. you really need to know Japanese to play it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it does adapt like a significant portion of the story. Right, and so I might look into, like, some script stuff. I mean, I played purely Japanese games and looked into, uh, um, and, 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 you know, actually followed scripts and stuff, uh, and obviously this is an action game, but, uh, but I will say that, yeah, I've heard good things about Berserk and recently picked it up, um, so, I don't know, we'll see. I've, I've got a couple more games, though. I'm currently, uh, you know, I need to get back to Shinobi, which was actually one of your recommendations. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I also need to get into Spawn. Oh, yes, and I did pick up Spawn on your recommendation. I can probably I find something else for you to buy also. 
no, no, we're good. I think I'm out of stuff right now. But uh, all right, guys. Well, without further ado, just from a time constraint thing, plus we're getting near the end of the the quote unquote two hour. Um, I think we're going to call it to a close. Um, but uh, but but Yuri, I want to thank you. And, and Zeno, of course, same. Thank you for joining us, uh, you know, a little later in the game, but also for having uh, the definitive answer right there. Top of the iceberg. Anything from From Software. Those are your boss battles. And I know somebody's going to ask me why I didn't bring up Shadows of the Colossus. It's because I understand it's a boss rush game, but I've not played it, and so I don't. Think I personally think it, it's cool, is. but I still think the stuff from From Software gives me a more epic feel. Thank uh, you. Shadows of the Colossus is a very impressive effort, but I do not find it appealing. No, I, I give them credit for what they did. It's great. But they're oh, no, it's very impressive. Like, they're less what like they forced out of the PS2. Like they actually feel more like mm-hmm. stages than they do boss battles. Right. Yeah. But just the fact, the, the feel of victory you get from, from software boss fights is easily eclipses what I was getting from uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Dude, Dark Souls in the end when you fight like Gwyn or what's his face. I'm still trying to beat actually... Gwyn. I'm still trying oh, to beat Gwyn. I'm right you there. Can actually... Hold on. There's actually a method. The, well, yeah, I've, I've seen the speedrunners do it, too. You can parry all this stuff, but my timing's not good enough, so it's like... Ugh. Yes, you can parry and repost them. So it's like this reward if you actually know about it. There's actually a really easy way to, like, uh, train it, because there's, like, the, the, the skeleton dudes or whatever, no, the zombie dudes in, like, the very first area near, like, the bonfire. You can just easily just practice, like, parrying on them. No, it's it's all, all right. Of, well, it's all about the timing. But yeah, go ahead, man, Fred. Go ahead. I don't know. We're yeah. good. Um, so that's how you beat the Dark Souls boss. The final <laughs> yeah. boss, dude. But, but yeah, the final boss. Well, I I don't know if I'll ever see it, but someday I will dedicate a month to going through Dark Souls. You um, and everyone else but, on uh, the internet. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. Well, so uh, Yuri, souls. where where can we find you? Twitter. Uh, most days. Twitter. All right. Well, I will have your your Twitter handle, but it's it's at James Fortengard, right? Yes, yes, yes. And I will have the Twitter Twitter handle uh, in not only the story but in the podcast. So if you guys need that, you can find it. Um, uh, good people to have around. Uh, except uh, I say horrible, horrible things about various aspects of everything. That's true. Be prepared for a little bit of colorful language, but uh, you're fun. You're fun, nonetheless. Um, and uh, Xenocore, is there anything you want to pimp? Uh, I think you're on Twitter. I think I follow you on Twitter. Yeah, there's a at Xenocore there. I, I I mainly just throw funny videos up. I don't really use it for anything else since I'm a employee of a major corporation. So I don't. I can understand. Yeah, my that. My, my, my sociability <laughs> is more in person than it is on the interwebs. So. <laughs> so, but if anything else, just pick up an old school game and play and enjoy the pain because pain is gaming. There you go. There you go. Pain is gaming. There's yes, your mantra for hurt me more, Snake. Hurt me more. <laughs> or like, come on, Gwen, give it to me. Oh yeah, send me back. Oh yeah. Come on, you can give me hurt, bitch. <laughs> come on, Dragon. Uh, blow heat on me, baby. Blow heat on me. <laughs> well, um, speaking of. Moms. Speaking of old school games that uh, relate to pain, 
Uh, speaking of uh, old games that can relate to pain, we do have Guardian Heroes coming up next week. The most pain you'll feel there is if you decide to buy a Saturn copy, but it what is ins- only 10 bucks on XBLA. Person would do- oh, wait, this is the same. I have one. I think I have yeah. one. Yeah. This is the same audience as us. I think I have the Saturn version buried in my closet somewhere. I wonder if it's still played. I do, too. Uh, it's much like my copy of Snatcher. It was a beaten to shit with stickers all over it that I had to resurface copy, but it works great. <laughs> but uh but yeah, so I'll be playing that. I will have some gameplay video, but I don't want to put it live till after we do the show, but I, I will do a playthrough of that game on the Saturn. Um but I've been playing most of it on the Xbox Live. And uh guys, you really to get everything unlocked and really see the value of this game, you really only need to beat it about four or five times, and it only takes about 45 minutes to beat it. So I highly recommend checking it out. Play it on the original. Uh, whether you want to do new or original. It takes to beat a Call of Duty game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can still get it done this week, but I highly recommend not doing the remix unless you're familiar with it. But we will talk about the remix uh, uh, on the next show. Um, we're hoping to have Jam and Yogi on, so hopefully they'll come back. Um, also, this is going to be a little bit more chat. of a... What? I will make offensive things in chat. Yes, yes, you will, and I know you'll be there. Um, and then for February, we are doing uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer on the original Xbox. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's backwards compatible. In fact, I know it is. However... There was it was only out on the Xbox, and that does have some uh, some more frustrating uh, levels and boss battles and stuff, especially when you get into the uh, demon world. But uh, but uh, nonetheless, we're gonna get through it. Um, I like so to think that's more of a public service than that. Hey, uh, <laughs> there you go. I actually have a question. Um, when do yeah. you think of doing Final Fantasy VII? Uh, Final Fantasy VII is not gonna be for a while. We just did six, so we're gonna we're gonna watch it on the JRPGs. But it might come sometime late in the summer. We may do a seven. Um, well, but, then uh, again, I'll be there. <laughs> sounds good, man. Uh, but without further ado, I'm gonna let you go. I did want to give one little shout out. Um, uh, Blake wrote in um, to Gaming History 101, and he was talking to me about. Uh, uh, people who want to help and uh, expanding GH101. So the one thing I wanted to tell you guys was um, we're going to uh, – I'm going to have some some announcements and stuff like that and maybe some ways that people can help out if they're interested. But the first thing I want is feedback. So if any of you guys would be interested in either doing a group or a live or a you know convention style in a boardroom, not necessarily at that convention, Gaming History 101, let me know. And right now I've got it down to basically four conventions I'd like to go to. Um, and so I'm curious which one I can get the most audience members for. So if you would be interested in going to something like that, would you prefer it be at PAX East, PAX Prime in Seattle, PAX East in Boston, the Midwest Gaming Classic, which is actually held in um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin around March, or the Portland Retro Gaming Expo in Portland, Oregon. I believe that's in September. Let me know which of those four the you dream would be most the interested in. The is alive in Portland. <laughs> so um, let me know, and we're going to see what we can do about doing something like that. But in the meantime, I want to thank everyone for coming out. Thank you, Yuri. Thank you, Xenocore. Thank you, TC. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, All Games. Thank you, Derek. And thank you, everybody out there. Until next week, for Guardian Heroes, uh, this is going to be a uh, peace out. <laughs> Incoming enemy.